And we'll call Emilia to give us a Bible reading. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, and also chapter 2, verses 2. Then Jesus said, um, then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In, his Im- in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be, done, had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Martha has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much. Shall we pray? Spirit of the living God, we thank you once again for another day. We invite your presence to be with us, lead us, and speak to us. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Last week, Ken started our new series, Oil Economics. And Oil Economics, as Ken said last week, came from two Greek words, oikos and nomos. And oikos, which means household, and nomos, which has to do with manage or stewardship. And all together, we are looking at how, as a household of God, we can manage the gift that God has given us. How as a household of Billabong, we have individual giftings, we have individual resources. How are we going to put these things together in the household of God? And there are three things that I may be talking about, but we have five different capitals of this oil economics and Kem introduced that to us. The first one which we spoke about last, last week was the spiritual capital. Then we followed by relational capital, physical capital, intellectual capital, and financial capital. Kem spoke about 
the spiritual capital, which is the ultimate, the first thing that we all need. And this is the very requirement of our calling as Christian, the spiritual capital, followed by the relational capital, which has to do with the relationship, our relationship with each other, how we carry ourselves, how we approach each other, how we use our gift to help each other. The next one is the physical, intellectual, and financial. I should have started with the relational, but I'm jumping to physical. The next week, too, I'll be talking about intellectual. Relational, Joy is going to talk about the relational. So that has been the arrangement. Physical capital. By the meaning of the physical capital, is how much time and energy we have to invest. How much time and energy we have to invest. We all have time, we all have energy. When we talk about the physical capital, the time that we have, the energy that we have, how do we invest these energies, this time in the household of God, in such a way that my time, my energy will be beneficial to the whole oikos of Billabong. In such a way that my time available at this particular moment and this particular space will be very, very much useful for the oikos of Billabong. And this is the very reason why God created us. God created all of us to use our various gifts as a blessing for each other. And that is why God has called all of us here together. It is for a purpose, and the purpose of which is for us to be a blessing, not to ourselves alone, but to each other. And physically, we see ourselves. Whichever gift that we have is for the household of God. So the currency for this physical capital is the, the number of hours that we have and our health that we have as individuals. So the time at our disposal is equal to everyone. We all have the same time. We all have the same time. But how are we going to use this time depends on our health. That is why the currency for this physical capital is the hours and health. If we have good health, we can make good use of the time. That is not to suggest that if you don't, you can make good use of it. But the most fueling aspect of the time that we have, the energetic way we can do things is when we have strong health. So time is very important. And how much time we have, we all don't know. How much, are we going to, how much time we're going to spend on this earth, we all have no idea of. I wish I knew mine. <laughs> I would have said maybe 100 years. But I don't have control over time. But God is so good in such a way that time has been available for all of us. 
Time has been available for all of us. And the most important part of it is how do we use the time that we have in our disposal? How good do we use the time that we have at our disposal? Today, we'll go. And we are not going to get today again. And that is fact. We may get Sunday again. But on this particular date, we will not get it again. So how are we going to invest our time? How are we going to invest our energy in this particular moment of time that we find ourselves? One key way we can invest in our physical is by honoring our limitation as human. We are human. We have energy, we have strength, we have life, we have health. But the best way for us to invest this physical capital is that recognition that we are human. The fact that you have time at your disposal, the fact that you have a lot of days ahead of you, presumably, does not really predict or shows that you have too much strength over it. You are human. We have limitations to the kind of things that we can do. And having our recognition is very important for us. We need to plan our time wisely. We need to know how we can make good use of the time available for us. And that is why in the first reading that we read from Genesis, systematically, we saw how God created human being. How God started the first creation. God created light. God created the sky the second day. God created the land, the sea, the moon the sun and the stars on the fourth day. On the fifth day, God created the birds and the fish. And on sixth day, God created animals. And something happened that God paused and announced, let us create, let us create a certain being in my own image. And the Bible goes further saying that God created them male and female. He created them. And when you go down a bit, after on the seventh day, God rested. God rested. And even God had to plan the way the creation has to be made. Each day in creation, we saw how God systematically, in each day, he planned how he was going to create us. Prepare the way. And you saw the first day, up to the fifth day, God was creating things in preparation for a very special being that he was going to create, human being. So God knew what he was doing. He wouldn't have gone on the first day to create straight away human being. Where will human being sit? Where will human being live? What are we going to eat? So God had strategically preparing things for us as human. So the first day he did that, after the sixth day he created us, and he made us in his own image. In the image of God, he created us. 
And one thing I want us to recognize is that on the seventh day, God rested. On the seventh day, God rested. We keep asking ourselves, we know God is God. God is powerful. I don't think God needs rest. But God rested on the seventh day. And he created us in his own image. Another thing I really want us to reflect on is the, the fact that if God created us in his own image, then on the seventh day, if God rested, then God is also encouraging us that there are times in our lives that we also need to rest. There are times in our lives we also have to set aside with our physical things that we are normally busy in doing it. We have to sometimes sit aside and rest. Resting is part of humanity. And that is why I said one important key way of honoring our humanity is knowing that it's not that we have to do everything. At times in our lives, we need rest. We need to set a time aside and to have a good rest for ourselves. And it's so important that God did not just make the resting just a resting period. But in the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, God intentionally put in a law, a law to tell the Israelites that they need to rest. It wasn't just a normal rest because when you read the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, that was the very, very important for, I mean, the important law for the Israelites. For them, when you talk about the law, they don't play with the Torah. And for God to have put in certain ingredients in the law, saying that we should rest, presupposes that if he has created us in his image and wanting us to be like him, he entrenches us to also rest. Beloved in the Lord, I want us to have that recognition that God is God. He loves us. He created us in his image. He always has something special for us. And he knows our limitations and our strength. Therefore, our physical appearance on this earth is for our purpose. And because God sometimes, you know, when you read the, the whole of the um, Old Testament, you have glimpses of God being like this, God being like this, God is like that. So God came in his own human form, in the form of Jesus. And that is one theological thing for us to reflect on. God coming in a physical form, the incarnation of our Lord Jesus, the Lord himself coming, being seen in humanity. God coming to visit us. Physical capital, God investing in himself to be seen physically with us, 
to be identical with us so that when we are talking about God, it's not the kind of God we have in the Old Testament. We have God visiting us. We have God physically appearing in our midst. And that is one thing for us to understand that God really invested physically for us to witness his love. God really invested physically for us to see him in our midst. And therefore, our physical appearance is very important in our journey. Wherever we are doing whatever we are doing, God entreats us to be physical. To be physical, you can be physical, but you can sometimes be physical, but you may not be seen as physical. You can be in our midst, but your presence may not be felt. You can be in our midst, your presence may not be seen. You can be in our midst, but you may not share the same vision as we share. It's okay. But God wants whichever giftings, whichever things that you have, to be beneficial to the oikos of Billabon, to the household of Billabon. Sometimes it's so easy for us, sometimes I do myself, to belittle the little things we have. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. But God knows you, and that is why he has called you for a purpose. Therefore, he expects us to always be diligently listening to him. That is why in the gospel, Martha saw Jesus coming. So she had to occupy herself trying to do things in the preparation for Jesus. So she was in the kitchen preparing stuff, cooking, and presumably doing things that, to welcome Jesus. But Martha... Martha was so much engaged. And Mary sat at the foot of Jesus, listening to the very spiritual capital, to the very spiritual word of Jesus. So Martha came to Jesus. Jesus, what is going on? We want to serve you. We want to give you good food to eat. We want to serve you, give you good things to eat. But look at my sister. Mary, she's just sitting down. She's not coming to help me. Lord, just tell her to come and help me. And Jesus told, Martha, Martha, why do you worry yourself? Why do you worry yourself? Why do you worry yourself? I don't know how much things in our personal journey that we worry ourselves too much with. I keep telling myself sometimes that how can this worrying help me to move away from my own worries? The much more I keep worrying myself, I have no nothing, nothing to gain from that. So why don't I sometimes use the little strength that I have to move out of that worrying situation that I find myself Martha was worrying herself. But the physical appearance of Mary was very significant to Jesus. Jesus knew at that particular point in time, Mary had to be physically 
with Jesus. So she sat down. I'm not disregarding the fact that Martha was having a good intention. She was doing something unique. But at that particular time where Jesus was there, Martha needs to listen to Jesus, the spiritual word, the very word of the Lord himself who is in their midst. Come and listen to these spiritual words. But she was busy doing things that she thinks would be much more beneficial. So my question is, how am I as individual contributing the hour that I have, the health that I have, putting them together, as I began saying, for the benefit of the kingdom. Just to make things more meaningful to our space here, as Billibongas, as Oikos, the Oikos of Billibong, we do have vision. The vision of our Oikos, the vision is a thriving family, transforming communities with Jesus. And I was looking at the Greek word for family, which is oikogenia. Oikogenia, I hope I'm pronouncing it well. <laughs> which also means household. Which means household. So if our family has a vision, and we are looking at how best we can use our various gifts to help this particular oikos to move forward. As a family, we are saying we are a thriving family, transforming community with Jesus. Transforming community with Jesus. How am I using my gifting, my physical presence, my physical appearance, in the oikos of Billibon, in this way. It is not easy for all of us. How are we journeying alongside with our people, with the community we find ourselves, with our neighbors? How are we portraying? How are we trying our best in the gifting that God has invested in us for us to be much more beneficial to others that God has blessed us with? Are we a transforming community? Do we have Jesus as our base in our lives? And our mission to be a disciple, to make a disciple, a disciple of Jesus. These are the very, very visions that we have. And it's so beautiful as the icons of Billabong, that our physical appearances that we have must all contribute to this very vision that we have all agreed to journey along with. As a disciple of Jesus, how are you discipling others? 
As a disciple of Jesus, how are we using our physical appearance, the physical capital, our time, our energy, our health, our appearances? How are we using those things in a way that will bring people into the kingdom of Jesus? How are we using that? And that is the very reason why you and I find ourselves in this particular space, the four corners of this auditorium. It is not for anything. It's for us to individually invest in others with the gift that we have. And I remember the story that came really last week about those guys God gave them talent. God, I have this. God, I have, you had five. You gave me five. You gave me two. I'm able to rate another. You gave me five. I rate, I'm able to. And the other one, you gave me one. This is your one, God. Get it. And I can't make my, God says, wicked person. But I don't see anything wrong with that. That if you're giving me something, one gift, I didn't really lose it. I've given back the very one that you gave me. Lord, get it. This is what you gave me. And I'm giving the same thing to you. And God is saying, wicked. It's simply because God knows that that one that God gave it unto that person was to be a benefit for someone to benefit from that. So sometimes I... I'm very, very careful with some of these things in my Christian journey, that it's so much easy for me as individual to sometimes complain of things that I cannot do, rather than reflecting on things that I can do. The more you think about things that you can do, that is where God can energize a little things that you have to make it more beneficial for you to maximize in the things that you don't have. And that is the reason why we have been called as a disciple of Jesus. God loves you. God cares for you. God knows you. God knows the little things that you lack and the little things that you have. But they are all for the oikos of the household of God. They are all for our good. They are all for the good of humanity. They are all for good of your friends sitting beside you. They are good for everyone that God has blessed you with. And our value, Jesus at the center. And that was the first thing that um, Kem said, the spiritual capital. We have Jesus at the center of our life. Jesus is at the center of our life. So whatever physical things that we are doing, it's not about the physical things. It's not about the time that we have. It's about our reflection and awareness that we are made in an image of God. And Jesus is at the center of my life. So whatever I am doing physically, I have Jesus only as my point of reference. Jesus is my point of reference. My work can never be a point of reference. My finances can never be a point of reference. My weakness can never be a point of reference. Jesus is my point of reference. Pursue the lost. Are we pursuing the lost? And I thank God that a bigger picture lies ahead of us. We are looking forward not just as a 
as a community, as a household of God, we are not looking, being inwardly looking into ourselves, but we are thinking outside the church. The issue and the things that we are reflecting on, trusting God for our church planting thing that we are trusting God for. We are not just being ourselves. We are thinking about, we are thinking outside of us. What happens? God has invested too much in us. God has given us what we think we need. God has been so much sufficient, blessing. We have been a blessing. God has blessed us with things as a community, with the resources, with the things that we have. How are we going to use these physical things to be a blessing to others who are outside the four corners of this place? And that is why we are all journeying together on that direction. We are all moving on the same pathway, trusting that God who has called us will definitely empower us so that even when the vision is sometimes blaring, we have a God who sees through the mist. And it is this God who is in our midst, at the center of our vision. We are journeying with this God. We are journeying with this God. And sometimes when things get tough, we know this God is in our midst. We know this God is with us. We know this God will never leave us. We know this God created us, not just as other things that he commands, but he created us in his very image. I just want us to reflect on these questions. What is God saying to me about how I manage my time and energy? How I manage my time and energy? What do I need to adjust in the time, in the use of my time and energy to be more fruitful? Do I have some things in my life that I have to adjust? What does resting mean to me? If God rested, do I have enough rest in my life, Jenny? Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for your word and we pray that you'll be with us. Give us more meaning and journey with us. In Jesus' name, amen.